on guys you're here with Roy Matsukepitable and Catherine Cleary and we're here to talk to you about what we wish we knew before becoming a musician there's so much I wish I had this podcast back when I was starting out things would have been a lot easier in this season we are going to be talking about preparing for the music journey for this episode we're going to be talking about discovering your passion for music exploring early influences and motivations, recognizing signs of a musical talent, interest, and overcoming doubts and fears about pursuing music. I have a few stories on that. Do you have a few stories on that? Oh, absolutely. I absolutely do. I think uh, everybody's story is as unique as they are. There's not one thing that can be the catalyst onwards the journey to becoming a musician. And what's your influence? I wanted to fit in. I really did. Like music, uh, my desire to go down that route really kicked in in my teenage years and that was a pretty lonely time for me and I flicked on the telly, there was Green Day. I was like, I want to do that, I want to be that, I want to party with those guys, you know, got to fit in and um, it helped me discover my identity. So it wasn't even necessarily the music, it was the association and fitting into uh, a community that I was really longing for, the music just sort of came with it. Nice. And what motivated you to start? I like to show off. I I absolutely love to sing and dance. A lot of us, I think, can agree with that. You just got to do it. You can hide in your room and and have these secret desires. That's no fun. I want an audience. I want people to be clapping. Like They need to recognize. (laughs) (laughs) So I was very much influenced throughout my school years. When it came to singing, I was always belting out a harmony. I eventually became the kaya of a kapahaka groups at the schools I attended. Kapahaka is basically a Māori choir and a kaya of a kapahaka group is the leader. So I would always lead the songs throughout my upbringing in school. There are three women that have influenced me musically. My mum my auntie, and my nan. Mum tells me she used to sing and hum when I was in her tummy. It's amazing what you can learn when you're not even born yet. My auntie was my headmaster at majority of my schooling, and she gave me the opportunities to lead the kapahaka groups as kaya. Also, I did the poor fitties, which is a welcome waiata, which is a welcome song, to schools and lead karakias, which is a prayer. My nan was tough. She gave me the strength that I have today. She once said to me, if you believe it, you can do it, but you have to be a doer to achieve it. From a young age, I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be a songwriter. I was 16 when I was advised that being a musician wasn't a career, unless I was Beyonce. When I learnt this, I immediately stopped pursuing music. I moved to Australia. I recognised that I was wanting to start up my music career again. I mean, after being told music is not a career, that was pretty heart-wrenching and I felt really devastated. 
So when I stopped, I stopped for five years of playing, writing, doing what I wanted to do because I was advised that it wasn't a career. I remember when I came to Australia and seeing the open mic nights at the White Star and I thought, I'm going to give that a go. I'm going to go out. I'm just going to do it. Like, what have I got to lose? And then not long later, I was offered a three-hour gig. And I'll tell you, I was so excited and I was so ready. And when I finished that gig, I got a little bit of money handed to me. And I was like, what? I can make money playing music? Like, that was the epiphany that what I was told when I was 16, it wasn't true. You can make money off of music if you do it right. Because it's not just music, it's business too. So about 11 years ago, I decided to get back into music. And since then, I have done so much in the music industry and I've learned so much. I've learned that you might record a song and not like it. You might write a song and not like it. These are the lessons that we are going to go through within our podcasts. Because if I had this podcast back when I was starting out, I would have done it differently. With hopes with these podcasts and these episodes, you guys find real value in what we're talking about. Please don't hesitate to leave us a comment or send us a message or even an email because we'd like to hear what you think from our conversations. We've got to look after each other. There's that real camaraderie. It's so important in any community and the music community just so much more because we are small And we all start somewhere and it can be hard to access information when it's processed in a way that's very like tutorial. This is how you play this song. This is how you use this particular piece of machinery. But an actual discussion with musicians, it it takes time to build up that network, especially when you're first starting in the scene. And you can feel, you know, silly asking these little questions. I know I have, you know, to the blokes down who have been doing it for 20 years. Sometimes you want to go in uh, with a little bit more than just um, you know the basics and that's where we come in that's where this podcast is about I think it's a great idea and you're right I wish I had this but that's why we're making it to pass on to the next generation of awesome musicians and if you use our advice then we better be on the door at your next gig exactly yes so in this podcast we're going to dive into discovering your passion for music We're exploring early influences and motivations. You will be recognizing signs of musical talent and interest and overcoming doubts and fears. So I guess that's where I was heading with my story about when I was 16 is I had doubts. I had fears because I was told that it's not a musical career. But let me tell you, it can be if you do it right. Who told you that? Who told you that? And how close were they for you to believe it so deeply? Family. It was family. Yeah. That can be hard when you have somebody within your family circle saying, oh, that's just not a viable option. Hey, mm. like anybody says, can say that. But if it's someone close to you like that, it can mean it double yeah. than, you know, than the schoolyard bully who's just teasing you. Yeah. Overcoming that. For sure. So when I was told that by the person, I never thought that it would be her for one. And I never thought that she would bring music as not something to pursue. So... You know, in my head, I was thinking, at the age of 16, what am I going to do? What am I going to study? What else do I want to do in life? And I came to the conclusion when I moved back to Australia in 2013, I just turned 21, and I saw an ad on the White Star page talking about the open mic night. So I went. 
That's where I changed my perspective. That's where I decided to pursue something that I wanted to do very, very young. And I wish I had just kept doing it. I wish I hadn't listened to that person because I just can't imagine where I'd be now. Do you feel like having that adversary so young that once you did realize that this is something I'm going to pursue that, you know, the passion came from all those years of like neglecting that side of you, you know, did you just jump into it with everything? Because you're being modest. You're not just a musician. You do a lot of things within the industry now. We're talking about when we first started. You had that fire, that passion. So that wasn't there after I was told it wasn't a career, but it was when I got my first paycheck when I was performing. For the first time, I did my first solo show at the White Star and I have Jeffrey Scott to thanks for that. Without him, I wouldn't be performing now. A lot of people can say that too and he's one that embodies what we're talking about is giving everybody else that leg up and sharing on the knowledge and the opportunities. Like you've just said, that one gig, boom, that fire's lit, that kerosene's on it, you're taking over the world because that one person believed in you. Hmm. Gave you that opportunity to shine and show everyone, yes, I can do it. I have this ability. Yeah. And look where you've gone now. Back to the beginning. That's later <laughs> episodes. You're going to have to stick around for a little bit and listen to us a bit more because we've got more coming up on those sorts of topics. Yeah. That's actually when I recognized I was talented. Oh, it's a great feeling. Like, yeah. Oh, what's this? It can be good money. Like straight up, you know, uh, musicians charge what they charge for good reason because it does take years and years of dedication to get to the level where you are getting paid gigs. You know, they don't just magically appear. You have to earn them by practicing, by doing all of the homework. When you do get that money, there are laws surrounding how much money we should be getting paid. There are unions that do have representation down here in Albany and throughout Australia, you've got to charge what you're worth. And that's part of this series. There's going to be talk about that exactly and charging what you're worth right from the beginning. So yeah, it's a great feeling to be able to do what you love and get financial recognition from it because it's a multi-billion dollar industry for a reason. Mm. People love being entertained. Mm. People want to come out and listen to live music. People want to have a dance and follow the locals on their social media. People love that. People make their own fan clubs down here. Oh my goodness, it really is worth talking about these issues in depth. So let's just quickly talk about some of our influences. I was influenced by a lot of musicians growing up. From memory, Beyonce was the very first. How can you go past Beyonce, the Queen Bee? We love Beyonce in this household, thank you. We we certainly do. But she was the very first influence in my eyes of how I wanted to perform. Yes. And how I wanted to sort of sing. Like her vocals are amazing. Her dance moves are amazing. She worked hard and tirelessly over a long period of time. She was 14 when she got signed. She wanted to do that when she was 12. So she knew what she wanted to do. While we're talking about Beyonce, let me take you to an interview that she had with Ellen DeGeneres. This is what she said. I love my job. The least I can do is give it my all. So when her album, I Am Sasha Fierce, came out, it was a double disc. Half of it was really natural and songs about love and really vulnerable and more closer to who I am. The other half is Sasha Fierce, who was who y'all saw singing Single Ladies, which is very different from who I am. This is an introduction to me, says Beyonce. 
She played a role as Etta James. Did you know that? No, I did not. So when I found this out, watching this Ellen DeGeneres show, I was like, what? Since when? So she's on a movie playing Etta James. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And she played the role, so she had to do a bit of research on who Etta James is. Mm. And Etta James was addicted to heroin. And Beyonce has never done drugs. So no. she she had no idea how to be an addict to heroin. Yep. So she researched it. She went and like studied how they acted if they were coming off of it because Etta James was coming off it. And Beyonce says Etta James had a hard life, mm-hmm. which leads me to think that being famous is yeah. not all what it's cracked out to be. I found interest in music. Yeah. Music was my drugs. Yes. And you can tell as soon as you jump on that guitar, as soon as you start putting in that rhythm, you play rhythm and soul. Straight up, that's not an easy genre to be able to, you can't just double in rhythm and soul. You either got it or you don't. Mm. Like when it comes to that sort of music and you just do, the fingers fly off it. I remember those early days back at the White Star and seeing you then and seeing you now, not just your playing, but your voice and what you can vocally do and the songs that you are absolutely smashing out. Adele, Rolling in the Deep comes to mind. Like, come on, talk about technically difficult songs to do, especially coming from an R&B background, but you do that. Mm. You've worked at it. You didn't just stay complacent. Mm. You pushed yourself. It shows two, three, five years later down the track mm. uh, the consistency. And I think that's a big one too is am I going to be consistent at this? Like anything, if you don't have that consistency, it's always going to be a pipe dream. You mm. actually got to get up. And people say, what's the first thing? You, you actually got to go and buy the instrument. You've got to be serious about it. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen without you doing it and exactly. making that decision. Like, I'm pursuing this. Even if, you know, you go down and miss the money and you go spend 50 bucks on a beginner guitar, that's progress. That's you making this decision. I'm going to learn how to tune this. Mm. That's my first thing. I'm going to learn this one simple thing so that no matter what, I've got this one skill. And you just build upon it. it takes a long time. And you're talking about... Why we want to really starting at the beginning, it really does come down to the decision that you make within yourself to pursue it or to just dream about it forever. Coulda, shoulda, wouldas. You got to just, you got to go all in, in my opinion. And that means different things for different people. Not everyone wants to be the big rock star like me. Some people just want to be able to play a specific song. I'd like to play this Metallica song. I want to play this song for my wedding. I want to just be able to sing a lullaby. Even getting the confidence to be able to show people those talents as well and be like, I'm going to let people hear me sing. It can be the most nerve-wracking thing. And once you get over that little hill, everything else can just seem so much easier. So get up and give it a go. That's the way to think. And I think it's two things. It's talent Mm -hmm. and it's dedication. Mm -hmm. If you're not dedicated to learning something, if you're not dedicated to doing something, you actually won't bring yourself to do it. So that's actually coming up in our next episode. That's so true. You can have natural talent. You can have the most beautiful voice. But if you do not practice, the person with dedication will surpass you. Because you'll start at that level. Oh, she's got a beautiful voice, but this person over here who may not necessarily have, you know, a Dell quality voice, but they've been practicing, you know, one, two hours a week for the past six months. And suddenly, boom, they're technically, they're doing things that this person who has the natural talent hasn't because they've never pushed themselves to become even better than they could be. You know, it's that sort of balance between the two. You don't have to have 
oodles and oodles of natural talent to be able to become technically good at something, mm. be it singing, be it playing your guitar. Some people, they'll just pick it up and they never have to practice because they just instinctively understand how to play this instrument. Some people, they they picked it up at three and they've been playing it consistently their whole life. And those people have natural oodles and oodles of natural talent. It's just how it is. You get your own little cocktail and it's so individual. And that's why we try to give these very broad subjects and talk about how we've been able to do it ourselves. You bring up a very interesting fact that everyone learns differently. Everyone Mm. has different ways of being able to grasp concepts. And I know you're going to get into that a bit later. It's a very interesting topic that you've brought up. To conclude this episode, we'd like to thank you all for tuning in. We'd like to let you know that we're going to be uploading weekly every Tuesday at 10 a.m. So tune in, follow us, and you'll get notified. (laughs) 